What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Perez, along with Anthony Florentino. As many of you know, this podcast is proudly sponsored by our friends over at Daily Dose CBD, Inc. Daily Dose is the best CBD products that both Flo and I have ever used. I recently went skiing for nine days straight up in Vermont and Maine, and the bomb became my best friend. After the first day, I was super sore and relied heavily on the bomb to help my legs get through the rest of the trip, and it worked like a charm. I rubbed some of it on my legs before bed, and then the morning when I woke up, and my muscles felt tremendous, so the stuff flat out works. If you want to pick up the bomb for yourself or someone you know who may need it, head over to their website, DailyDoseCBDInc.com, and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 at checkout for 15% off all your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your order at checkout. This is episode 43 featuring Frank Rinaldi. Frank is a competitive bodybuilder who was a first-year master's student at Michigan State University with the intention of getting a PhD in muscle and body dysmorphia. Let's get into the episode. Just kind of what you're doing right now and um, your sport and, you know, conversation developed and you were kind of telling me about some of the stuff that, you know, kind of goes on in the sport in general and stuff that you've personally dealt with, you know, for everyone listening, why don't you just introduce yourself and, you know, first of all, welcome on. Um, we appreciate you Thank taking you the time. Me. Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time to come in and talk and tell your story. But um, yeah, for everyone listening, tell them who you are and what you do, what, what sport you compete in. All right. So, uh, yeah, my name is Frank Rinaldi. So, um, so I started weightlifting, like, I think my freshman year of high school, that's when I started, you know, not getting serious about it, but just doing it because I played baseball as well. And then I got really serious about it, like my junior year of high school. And then freshman year of college, I started, I started realizing maybe I had potential to compete. And, um, so my sophomore year, I competed in the men's physique division of bodybuilding. And, um, throughout, you know, just throughout, as I progressed, I got more obsessed with it to the point where it actually got unhealthy. Some of the stuff that just goes on in the sport is just not healthy in general. And believe it or not, just, just a side note, I'm also trying to go for my PhD and I'm studying like muscle dysmorphia and eating disorders and bodybuilders. And they said, and there's, um, like over 50% of people that compete in bodybuilding, um, develop either muscle dysmorphia or develop an eating disorder to, of some degree. And like, I mean, I never had a problem with eating until I started competing. And now, I'm, I, you know, I just, all I obsess about is when is my next meal? And it's just, it's just a weird thing that people just don't understand, except unless you're in the sport. It's almost like a weird thing where it's like a cult almost where people who are in the sport understand it, but people on the outside are like, you're crazy. So it just a lot of unhealthy habits develop through it, but at the same time, a lot of greatness comes from it as well. Yeah, um, it's funny your brother, you know, just always seeing him and stuff, and around the holidays, I'd be like, "Oh, how's uh, how's Frankie doing? Everything?" He's like, "Man, this kid's an animal. He doesn't stop." Like, I'm like, "Well, how's how's you know?" He tells me about like your regimen and kind of the stuff you're doing. Yeah. I was like, "Well, how was Christmas for him? Was he able to like?" eat and he's like nah he's an animal all he had was grilled chicken like just, yeah <laughs> you know but that's you know what you're doing and as we spoke the other night you were kind of talking to me about how it became an obsession and 
and you know you don't regret the sacrifices you made and the things that you did and the approach you took which i think is important that you don't regret it but you just kind of analyze it and said okay this is a little bit unhealthy and that you know if i have that one meal that maybe isn't completely you know aligned with what i should be it is okay you know and it's okay to have mm-hmm. you know the occasional cheat meal whatever the case is but you know going back into what you were saying a lot of people including yourself just had that sort of unhealthy relationship with food mm-hmm. it's not only food man it's it's everything and and my coach who's now his name is jeremy desantis who's now an ifbb professional bodybuilder he always tells me Frank, you need to listen to your body. And I don't, and I, I never have, and I still don't to this day. And that's the thing that just, so if I put my mind to something, that's what has to happen. So if I go in Monday and I have to train legs and I woke up and I don't feel well, I could even have a fever, but my goal that day was to train legs. I'm going to get it done, whether or not I liked it or didn't. And it's the same concept with the meals. So like, I'm like a perfectionist. Like I need to weigh everything to the exact amount, even though the, I know that the body doesn't work like that. The body doesn't like, you're not burning the same amount of calories every single day. That's just not how the body works. However, I still in my own mental state of mind, I need to be perfect or I cheated myself. Like if I swear to God, if I have to uh, measure a bowl of oats and I have to get 50 grams, if it's at 51 and I accidentally like weighed it, I'll throw it out and then I have to redo it. Like I have to be, on the exact thing. And that's the thing that you were talking about, like with Christmas is I didn't have a planned cheat meal that day. So I'm going to just eat my regular meals. And, and a lot of people mistake and say, Oh, you're suffering. Oh, you're deprived, but it's not really deprived or suffering. It's just like, it's that mentality that I can't go off of what my goal was. This is what I was going to set my goal to. This is what I have to do with it. And, and I can't, like, I couldn't even like, it was so bad to some point I'm getting better with it, but it got so bad to some point that like, I couldn't even have an extra strawberry because it's not in my, cause I use like my fitness pal. So it's not that extra strawberry is not in my diet. So I'm not going to get it. Even though in reality, I extra strawberry wouldn't have done anything. So yeah, it's just, it's just, and, and it's just, most people in the sport don't deal with this, but then there's those outliers like myself that just develop these unhealthy habits just because, and it's all mental. And that, and that's, and that's just the reality of it. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be, uh, I mean, Flo would agree with me, but I think, you know, you'll start to realize, and I think there's a lot of people out there who will agree that you think you're an outlier, but you're actually not. There's a lot of yeah. people dealing with the same thing as you. They're just not as open to talking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so don't feel you're alone in that because I think, you know, you're just a driven person. You're getting your PhD. It's just who you are. It's in your nature to have that commitment level to anything that you do. Um, and, you know, I think that it was just, you, you can easily find yourself getting caught up in it, you know, mm-hmm. and then you look back and you're like, wow, this has been unhealthy, but yeah. well, what, what were you going to say? So you're talking about, you know, being a perfectionist and whatnot is, you know, are you okay with, you know, being where you're at, like some people will be like, Oh no, like you got to let loose sometimes and whatnot. So when you're talking about that extra strawberry, you're content with the way you are right now. Right. Not anymore. I got to the point where I burnt myself out and it it took four years for me to realize, wow, I like looking back and the thing that really did it. And it's, it's actually crazy was my last relationship. So like I, I break up with this girl and then, and, and bodybuilding is a lonely process, right? I have lost so many friends along the way, just because 
think about it. Every social event has to do with alcohol or food in reality, right? Let's go get, get a meal. Let's go have some drinks. And I can't do either of those. So every time I got invited out by a friend, I would blow them off. I got to the point where a bunch of things made me realize, wow, like I'm, I need to fix myself or if God forbid I get an injury or God forbid, like, so I lose someone important to me. I have nobody. And I wish three friends a happy, a, a Merry Christmas. And three of them didn't respond to me. And I was like, wow, like that, that made me, and like, listen, I don't blame them at the end of the day. Like, why should they respond? And I know, I know it's kind of messed up, but why should they respond to me if I just neglected them for three, four years and just when they wanted to reach out to me to get it, just, Hey Frank, I haven't seen you in two years. Let's, let's go, let's go to Hooters, get a meal. No, I can't eat Hooters, man. So I'm not going to go out with you. Like that's selfish. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is really selfish. So no, I'm, I'm not really content with where I am. I was for the longest time, but like I said, like once I, you know, I, I lost one of the most important people in my life. I said to myself, I, I got lonely and like, you know, the whole COVID thing didn't help with it either. And it was like the same day in day in, day out, the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, I need to change. Yeah. What, what were some of the things that kind of helped you? Um, obviously it's a big life change when you're doing it for three, four years. What were some of the things that you were doing to, you know, kind of avoid, you know, a, not going out or like something like that, just kind of like adjusting to the new uh, lifestyle. At first it was hard. Like at first, like when, after like my first competition and, and like there's the off season where I think it's, it's a day in day out thing. Like you need to make sure you're eating six meals, at least six meals a day, day in, day out. It's like a progressive thing. And eventually I just got used to like my Friday night or Saturday night would be me doing homework. And that was it. And, and it, I got used to it. And like, at first it was hard because I'm like, damn, it's a Friday night. Like I should be out partying. I should be out socializing. I should be doing something fun with my life. And then a month went by and I didn't even think of it like that. I would like, I didn't even realize it was a Friday night. Like I didn't even, I would just be on my laptop doing my homework and I'd be like, wow, it's Friday. Like it would just be a normal day. Whereas like, in high school or even freshman year of college before I got into this, a Friday night was like, okay, we're going to go buy a fifth of Tito's and go to the party. Like that, that was the Friday night. And like, I used to look so forward to a Friday night. And, and then it got to the point where I only looked forward to one day of the year, my birthday. That was the only day. And you could ask anyone I'm friends with. That was the only day I took bodybuilding and I threw out the window, my birthday, one day of a year, I would eat whatever I want. I would drink, you know, I black out really because I never get to do it. So I would go to the extreme. Yeah, I'm an extremist. So I would black out by like 5 p.m. And then I wake up and then I'd be like, it's, is, it, is, it, is it 12 o'clock yet? No, I got two more hours. Let me just take more yeah, shots. Yeah. And then 12 o'clock hits. All right, day over. I got to go to sleep and then, and then repeat. And, it, and it's bad. It's unhealthy. Yeah, man. I, uh, I think that's, I know that's such a good point that, you know, being an extremist, I think that's a side too, that, um, you know, we talked about this in the Olympics. Like there's a couple of articles that yeah. came out after the Olympics that, you know, the Olympic athletes in the ball, like in what was the bubble, like the Olympic village at the time. Right. Um, they're all together and like, they're just extremists in what they do too. Like when it comes yeah. to training, they're balls to the wall, like everything, you know, empty the tank. That's how they are with training. Mm -hmm. And then when you have that one opportunity to, you know, go out and treat yourself it's also the extreme there too yes and i 100%. think yeah i think what you know we've been kind of like teetering around 
as we've discussed this and, you know, it's just about finding the balance, you know, because it's okay to be extreme in your sport and, you know, give everything you have. But when you start taking that into other aspects that are negatively affecting you, that's when it's a problem. I think, you know, the key to life is balance and that's what we're all trying to find. And, you know, when you're an athlete in whatever sport, it's a lot harder to do that because you have to put everything in you have into that. hundred percent. And, and one thing about the balance is I, for the longest time, everyone, including my parents, my friends, Anthony, everyone told me, Frank, you need to have more balance in your life. You need to have more balance. And as they're telling me this, I'm like working out to like a David Goggins. I don't know if you know who David Goggins is. Yeah. I'm listening to his speech where he's like, F balance. You don't need balance. You want to be <laughs> successful. If you want to be successful in life. You got to throw balance out the window. And I'm training hard and I'm like, yeah, this is what I want. And I'm throwing everything else out the window until you get to the point where, where, like it, there was like a point where like I was, I, I started wanting to find balance. So I'm like, you know what? It's a, it was a Friday night. I was like, you know what? I want to have a couple of drinks. And I, I couldn't find anyone to go out with. Like, it was like that depressing. And I'm like, <laughs> I reached out to like, like 15, 20 people. I even reached out to people. I, I didn't even want to go out with. I was just so desperate that I'm like, Hey, like you want to do, it was my birthday. It was my, yeah, it was my birthday. And I ended up drinking a whole glass of wine and ordering pizza and cookies and eating it by myself in my room. Come on. How depressing is that? Like, like I couldn't even yeah. go out and celebrate with someone on my birthday. And the, the reality is like that's what I deserve because I did it to myself and and like it got like the extremist part like another example I could say right is in my head I needed to get at least eight hours of sleep I needed at least eight hours of sleep and like like my ex-girlfriend at the time like we'd be like laying in bed talking and like let's say I had to get up at six in the morning or like seven in the morning and it was as soon as it hit 11 o'clock I'd be like, shut up, shut up, shut up, you gotta listen, shut up. I don't want to, I sh- don't even say another word. And you know how, you know how selfish and disrespectful that is. And the poor girl would be like sleeping like, and like act like it was nothing. And I was like, and like looking back on that now, I was like, in reality, I was, I was a dick. Like in reality, that's, that, that's, that's the nature of it. Like I, that's the reality of it. It was like, I was selfish and I took myself and I took bodybuilding over everyone. Everyone. It didn't matter if you were a family. It didn't matter if you were a friend. It, there were classes that I missed because I, I, I'd, I'd have to train an extra hour. And like, I'd be in the gym and I'd be like, I don't feel like I, I worked harder. I'd be like hour four in the gym. And I'd be like, I, I still have another hour in me. And I would miss a class. Like, like I'm paying thousands of dollars to get an education and I'm missing classes because I have to go work out. And it, it, it's, it's bad. It really is bad. Yeah. And it's tough too with a with the sport that you're in where you're completely exposed and it's, they're judging your body, you know, so I can understand how we can get to the point that it did for you. Um, so I'm, I, mean, I kind of want to tie this back into your sport, talk about your community and cause you're the first bodybuilder we've had onto this podcast. Yeah. So um, that's pretty awesome, I think. And, you know, for everyone listening who doesn't know much about the sport, kind of talk about the community, talk about the sport itself and you know, what they're, scoring you on and um you know how long the competitions are how long are you competing for you know just kind of you know take us through as if you know we don't know anything about it yeah so basically there it's 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 confusing but there's multiple divisions and i like to say that like the men's physique is like the beginner division right and those are like the more beach body type athletes and then it goes into like classic and classic physique is more like the the arnold schwarzenegger like you want the Arnold Schwarzenegger body, it's still appealing. 
And then there's bodybuilding, which is like the extreme of the extreme where you're like you, the goal is to get as big as humanly possible and find out ways, craziest ways to get, to get there. And that's like the unhealthiest part. But in terms of the community, it's like everyone in that little community understands it and relates to each other because I say this all the time. If you could go through a contest preparation, which that's the day, that's like you give yourself 12 to 16 weeks of extreme dieting to get your body fat as low as possible and hold as much muscle mass as possible for you to go on stage and then you get you get judged and you mostly get judged on muscularity, symmetry, in men's physique, you need to have a tiny waist. Um, so they're judging your body and that process is the hard, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I've done some hard things in my life. Nothing beats the mental and physical st stress that you put on your body during, especially the last few weeks. Like you, you don't even want to get out of bed. You're, you're so hungry. You're so tired. You can't eat, but you can't, you know, you can't eat. And then you have to go train. There was, I've passed out doing cardio before, like legitimately, collapse call my coach hey coach i just passed out on the treadmill what should i do and he was like and this is actually funny and i tell this story have you ever guys see, have you guys ever seen um the wolf of wall street yeah you know the scene when um jonah hill and leonardo dicaprio are like high on the lutes and yeah. jonah hill starts choking on the hand and and leonardo dicaprio has to save him and he looks up and and he and it shows like the uh Oh, what's his name? The guy with the spinach. Uh, oh, I don't know his name, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And he snorts the line of cocaine and he wakes up and he's like, I'm alive. <laughs> so I pass out. I pass out. I'm like one week out. I'm like, I'm like, I can't do anything. I call my coach. He's like, go downstairs. He's like, I have a tablespoon of honey. And he's like, eat the honey. I take one tablespoon of honey and I was like, I'm like, I'm alive. Like, it was like the same thing. It was crazy. Cause like, it's like one little tablespoon of honey just like made, made me feel better. And I went right back upstairs and I did an hour and a half more cardio. And I was like, oh, jolly. Like I just got this, this little tablespoon of honey. And like anyone else would be like, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you go and eat a piece of cheesecake or something? Like yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I really couldn't. And, and it's crazy. Cause like I said, if you, it, it, like, if you're able to mentally push yourself this limit, I think you could do anything. And that's the thing is that's the whole reason people like to do the sport. People do not do the sport for the money. There's there, there, you could find money in bodybuilding, but the top of the top, the number one, in the world wins $400,000, the top athlete, the number one, whereas you see the guys in the NFL, the kickers, the kickers in the NFL, the, the backup kickers are making triple that money. So no one does it for the money. They do it because it's a challenge to yourself every single time. Like this is like, I'm put, I want to just progress. I want to become better. And then there's other people who want to win. So I do it because I want to just challenge myself. It's, it's like the biggest challenge of my life. Yeah. That's definitely a testament to, you know, an individual. Cause I mean, for me, when, when I'm hungry, like I'm not a fun person to be around. Like, oh, yeah even in the slightest bit. And when it comes to that, like, I, I feel like I can't perform if I don't eat. So like before games, like I'm bringing like two or three peanut butter sandwiches to the rink with me, just, just in case, like there's days I don't even eat it, but like, I can't imagine this, like, like you said, the mental, like obviously the physical stress, like you see it, these people are like, you guys are in the best shape, like, 
obviously you're going on magazines, stuff like that. But like, I feel like people don't think of the mental aspect of it because you ask anybody else, obviously the term hangry, people are like, first, first thought is for them to go get food. But for you guys, you have to go out and perform Mm -hmm. while being in that mood. And like, for me, when I'm pissed off, like playing well is hard enough, like to begin with. So I think people don't really recognize or acknowledge the mental stress that obviously every athlete has it, but you know, when you're doing it for, you know, the physical appearance, obviously people heard the saying abs are made in the kitchen and whatnot. Like that's right there. It's the most important thing. Yeah, I I completely agree. And, and, and feeling hangry is not fun. And and just imagine feeling hangry for like 12 weeks straight. So, and, and I'm not kidding. Like it's, it's, you're feeling hungry 12 weeks straight. And then, like you said, you have to perform. And I think the hardest part, at least for me, and some people may disagree, but this is like the symptom that I feel the most is the fatigue. Like you, I, I remember, like I got so fatigued and so like tired. I didn't want to be around anyone. I was waking up and, and my roommate is uh, the number one person you can ask. I was waking up at three o'clock, no, two 30 in the morning, every day I'd go, I wake up at two 30 powerhouse is open 24 hours. I get there at three 30 and I'd be the only one in the gym. Like I couldn't see, I wasn't around anyone. Like I all during the, during a preparation, I don't have any social interaction with anyone. I try to avoid people. And one thing that got so unhealthy was I developed an uh, eating disorder. And it's crazy because I thought I was the only one. And then on my way to the airport to Florida, my friend Jason said, I'm the same way. And I'm like, okay, then I'm not the only one. I have to eat in private. It's weird. If I'm eating and my mom gets in the room or like a girlfriend or like a friend and starts bothering me, I'm like, get out, like, get out. I'll pick my meal up. I swear. It's weird. I pick my meal up. I, I, I would throw on an episode of shark tank and I would eat my meal in private. And if you bothered me, I would want to kill you. And, and it's weird because like, I was never like that. And like, still to this day, I'm still struggling with it. Like if I, if I wanted to go have a cheat meal, like I would have to do it by myself. And I remember I felt so terrible because the one day I, I wanted to order pizza and my mom was like, let me order pizza with you. Like we could watch a movie and eat it together. And I was like, no, I'm going to eat and go into my room. And then like an hour went by and then I thought about that. And I'm like, I'm the terrible person. And I went back upstairs. I was like, no, let's eat it together. And I ate the pizza with her and it made her day. So I was like, like yeah. it, it's a selfish thing that I'm starting to realize I need, I burn myself out. And, and that's just, that's just how it is. And it took me four years to realize I got too obsessed with this. Yeah. What, um, if you don't mind me asking, what's the like trigger in your head that causes you to, you know, feel so uncomfortable eating in front of people or what, what is the reason why you can't eat in front of people? If you don't mind us asking. I can't even, it's weird. I just, I, I, I like, it's like, it's like a highlight of my day and it's the weirdest thing. My mm-hmm. highlights, my six highlights of my day or seven, is training and my six meals. That's, and that's kind of sad. That's a highlight of my day. Like my, what I look forward to, like most people look forward to like watching a TV show or something. My highlight are my meals. So if I'm getting bothered during my highlight, I'm going to flip out on you. And that's just how it is. And, and, and it's the same thing. And no one can bother me when I train. If I'm training and I get a phone call 
like hell breaks loose. Like I, I if unless it's a very important phone call, like I'll immediately decline it and then text them. I'm like, I'm at the gym. And it got to the point where like I flipped out on people. Like, I told you not to call me at the gym. And they're like, how am I supposed to know you're at the gym? Like, so yeah, yeah it, 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 and, and like, listen, I, I'm now I understand it's extreme and I understand I was, I was going through some period, but at the time I was putting the blame elsewhere. I was like, this person's wrong. That person's wrong. Like I'm a good guy. And I wasn't a good guy. I wasn't, I was, I was selfish. I, that's just, just how it is. So now you're studying body dysphoria at school. So, so, so not yet because, but when I try to do my PhD, I'm going to study muscle dysmorphia, which oh, is, okay. Every, they say like in the study is, is over 50% of IFBB professional bodybuilders. So these are the top guys over 50%. So half of them think they are too small. And it is the craziest thing is like, as I've gotten bigger and I've built more muscle, I've been less satisfied with my body. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. I swear to God, I, I was more satisfied with my body my first year lifting. And I was like, wow, I look good. I haven't said, wow, I look good in five, six years. Like I can never look at a picture and say, I think I look good in this photo. I have to ask, ask Anthony. I have to send him every time before I throw a post an Instagram photo, I would send him like five different photos and be like, choose the best one. I think I look small in all of them. And he'd be like, Frank, you look big in all of these photos. <laughs> what, are, what, are you, what do you want from me? Like post any of the five. I'm like, just give me the answer I'm looking for. And he'd be like, and he'd be like, all right, the third one. And then I post the third one. And it's just how, that's just how it is. Do you know if that stems from the fact that the competition is straight up? I mean, I would assume that it is, but I don't want to make any assumptions like that. But you think it's because of the way that the competition's formatted, where you're literally just put out there you know, and being completely scrutinized and judged, you know, coupled with the extremes on, you know, from working out, nutrition, sleep, all that. And then you're judged and then, only one person wins first place. So if you don't win first place, clearly what you did was wrong or not enough. So you think because of that format, it is, you know, it's 50% of bodybuilders thinking that they're small. I mean, I don't know. You tell us. I think that's part of it, but believe it or not, just from the studies, they see that there's a higher correlation and I can agree with this because I'm like, this There's a high correlation between muscle dysmorphia and obsessive compulsive disorder, so OCD. And it's so true because anything that I start obsessing over, I will become, like I will do my best to become the best version of myself no matter what it takes. And it's with everything that I get obsessed with. Like if, you, if I started getting obsessed tomorrow, like let's say I start, I, I wanna play hockey with you guys and I start playing and I'm like, I really like this. Even if I suck, I will become obsessed with it and I will practice day in, day out, day in, day out to try to become the best version of myself. And it's with everything. Like I'm, I'm OCD with everything. And it took me, and that's why I think it, I think it's more of like an obsessive. I don't understand the reason behind it, but they show there's high correlations. So I feel like if you're obsessed about something, there's, there's more underlying factors with muscle dysmorphia. And it's like incompetence. Like I was never a confident kid growing up. I, I wasn't, and I'm still not. And, and I found something in bodybuilding that like I loved and I could be good at. So that's, and, and so that's why I became so obsessed with it because I'm like, okay, I'm good at this. I enjoy this. And I mean, 
I don't have to rely on a coach or I don't have to rely on teammates. Like in, when I played baseball, like I wasn't the best. And I always had to hear that from either a friend or a coach, like in, in bodybuilding. Yeah. I have a coach, but like in reality, like I'm in charge of what, of me, like, like this is an individual sport. So I could do whatever I want. I don't have to hear anything from anybody. Yeah. I think that's a good. No, you're good. Go ahead. I think that's the big thing with it is like everything, obviously people say control what you can control, but I think in your sport, everything, everything that has to do with the sport is in your control. And I think, I mean, with hockey, it's so, it's like the complete opposite basically. So I think if, I mean, the way I am, if, you know, that was the case, I would probably be the same way because, you know, it's all athletes are just so highly competitive, but I mean, it's, it's so nice. Like it's hearing, like hearing different perspectives on sports, especially ones that you're not familiar with it. Like you don't think about it until you hear somebody in that sport talking about it. And, you know, I just, I'm grateful for having you on today. Cause you know, before I didn't think twice about body, like, what goes into it completely like to me it's just all right these guys lift every day twice a day eat nothing but meat and veggies but you know even being on the podcast and whatnot I never really thought about how detrimental and stressful it would have been it doesn't start that way it can become so in reality not like I'm gonna use him as a reference again my roommate who actually just got his pro card He's the exact opposite of me. When he's not in prep, when he's in prep, he's full throttle, 110%. Like, I'm I'm not missing a day. Of, if, I don't care if my body doesn't feel good. I'm going to train. Like, I know this is coming. But when he's in the offseason, he has balance. Like, he'll take his girlfriend out and have a couple of drinks and a cheat meal, like, once a week. And, like, and like even if he's, it's not scheduled in his diet, he'll go out because he's, like – listen, I'm not prepping, right? Like it's not gonna, worst thing it's gonna do is just add, add a couple of pounds of fat. So like he, like there are people that don't deal with the things that I'm dealing with. In reality, it's like, it's simple, right? And, and, and it, it, I did everything to not make it simple, but it's simple. Get your six meals in a day, train hard. You don't have to train. And one thing you said that everything is in your control. I had that mentality. If everything's in my control, I'm going to do as much as possible to like, whereas like a hockey practice, right. could be, you know, two hours and don't get me wrong. You could take some reps on the side, but in, in training, I could train as long as I want to. So, and the craziest thing is I got better results training an hour to two hours versus three years <laughs> training five hours. Like I was training five hours a day. I would wake up, I do an hour of cardio. I'd go home, eat a meal, go back, train two hours, come back, eat another meal, go back, train another hour. And it was crazy. Like I've got, like my coach kicked me out of the gym for training too long. He's like, get out. Like, I, I like, this is the fifth time I'm seeing you in here. Just get out. <laughs> like, whereas yeah. most of it's the opposite where most of it, it's like, it's like, Hey, come in and get your hours. And like, I'm teaching a course right now. It's a power walking course. I'm asking the kids to, 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 to participate in 60 minutes of power walking and I have people complaining. This is too much. 60 minutes of walking a week is too much for some people. 
So that just blows my mind, right? Yeah. So like there's people on, it's a spectrum. There's obsessed and then there's people that you need to beg to get into the gym. And I know I'm kind of going on a rant right now, but that's just, that's just how it is. I mean, go ahead, Flo. You're going to say something? No, just I was going to say something about people complaining about 60 minutes of walking. And I just thought it would be best <laughs> if I didn't. That's, that's, <laughs> I, that's the generation we live in right now. Man, that's I, exactly I, what I was going to say. It's like, it, it's, it's scary. But, I think, I think, man, like that's, you know, with being an athlete, you have to do this in order to be successful and get to the highest levels. Um, you have to have that level of commitment that borderline's extreme or even just flat out is extreme. And I think um, that's kind of where we see a lot of the, you know, mental health issues can start to creep in on people when it gets to that point, because I don't know how it is for you, but you know, everything is a building block from when you first start to where you are now. And you're worried about losing all those building blocks. And, you know, you look back on all the time that you sacrificed to get to where you are and you don't want to go to waste. And there's just more personal pressure. You know, some people have family pressure, friend pressure, coaching pressure. There's pressure from every single angle on top of the biggest critic. And that's yourself. So I think when you're not holding yourself to a high standard, which even Sidney Crosby, the best hockey player in the world can always you know, he has the mentality of I can be better every single day. He's still not where he wants to be. It never ends. And I think you have to find that balance like we talked about. And, you know, I think David Goggins is right where, you know, forget balance, just be the best, you know, give it all you got. I 100% agree with that. But I think balance is so important where you're not, you know, hurting yourself and, you know, mentally, physically to the point where, you know, you have – these issues creeping in and you're not checking up on them. You know, point, point is, I think we have to step back at times and analyze how we are and make sure that we're not letting it be all consuming where our efforts are becoming more detrimental than they are helpful. Yeah. I understand. I agree. It, it is, it got overly consuming. Like, like I said, it's a simple, it's a simple three things that bodybuilding requires the six meals, the training and the sleep. Those are three simple things that I made so difficult to accomplish. Like in reality, that's all it is. Like I, I put it in my head, you need to eat these meals at a certain time, which in reality, it doesn't matter when you eat your meals. As long as you get them in, you're probably going to get the same results. I mean, we, the problem is, is there's not enough information out there that's accurate in terms of what's the best method. So that's why the bodybuilders lose their mind because they're trying experimenting on themselves in so many different ways. I went through like a progressive overload program where I, I, I lost the fun in training. Like I, when I first started working out, I worked out because I loved it. I worked out because it made me feel good. It made me look good. And I got so extreme that I would have to listen to a motivational speech 30 minutes before going into the gym because I was scared to work out. Like I'd have a, a, a workout listed, like it'd be like free legs was the worst because my legs wouldn't grow. So I had to punish myself. I was, there was, I had to be at least five or six leg days in a row where I would throw up and then have to go, I would throw up mid set and then finish the set and then throw up again. It was, it was, it was disgusting. It was really disgusting. Like I would like, my mom would be like, what was that? Oh, I just threw up. And then she'd be like, why are you still training? And I'm like, Oh, well, whatever. Like I was literally scared 
for the workout. Like I, I had, there was no fun in it anymore. It was like fear. And I think you need that to, to pass a certain threshold and build the more muscle. But the thing is, it's like, that ain't healthy. And then people see my body and they're like, wow, like you must be really healthy. And I'm like, there's, you don't know half of it. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, uh, I never knew that, that anyone did that, let alone you, someone who I've known for how many years now, you know, and, uh, now that's pretty crazy that, you know, you can get to that point. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. That's just, I'm thinking of myself, like in that position, that's, I don't know. That's you're, you're just people who don't, people skip leg day. Don't like they do one leg day a month and here you are doing it. And they don't grow X and amount of times a week and, and they don't grow, but like you're doing grow. it for competition too. And it's just like, that's what you have, you feel you have to do. I just, I can, I'm just picturing myself. That's a lot of pressure, man. That's it is. a lot. And a, thing, and a big thing that made me realize I need to find balance. And this is something that like, I hate to say, but it's the reality of it is I'm not saying I don't have the genetics for the sport, but 90, and this is most sports, right? 99% of bodybuilding is genetics. Like I have seen a guy. All right. So, so, so I have a friend and, and I don't, I hope he doesn't mind using his name, but his name is John. And he saw me training calves and he came up to me and he was like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I train calves every single day. And he goes, Oh, I'm like, I'm like, how are your calves? And he goes, I'll show you. He lifts his pants up. When I tell you, his calves are six times the size of mine. They're like <laughs> this. And I go, oh, my God. I go, I got to write this down. I go, what do you do for it? He goes, I don't train my calves. I go, you never train your calves. He goes, I'll train him maybe once every couple months if I'm feeling good. I'm like, how? I'm like, how is this humanly possible? And it's just the nature of it. Some people are just have God-given genetics and I'm not saying the guy doesn't work hard and, and because he does, but the point is, is like he doesn't train his calves. His calves are six times the size of mine when I'm doing it day in, day out, 30 minutes a day, every single day, and they're not growing. Like I measure them. They don't grow. So, like, that's why like, I'm like, if, if, am I going to dedicate 20, 30, 40 years of my life and then, and then maybe not make it because I don't have the genetics for it? Even, like, is, is, was that worth it, right? Was it worth losing the most was it worth losing a girl that I, I fell in love with? It was it worth losing thousands of friends? Is it worth possibly losing my family? Like, because I don't visit them because I have to train in, I swear I had an opportunity to visit my, my, my parents during COVID and they're worried sick. They're like, Frank, Frank, like, are you okay? Like when COVID first happened, when everyone thought that was going to be worse than it was, I stayed in Michigan because I had access to a squat rack and I didn't have access to a squat rack at home. So instead of going home and visiting my family during a serious time, I stayed in Michigan for a squat rack. It's like, how selfish is that? And I had to make up a whole lot. I had to be like, oh yeah, like I just want to stay home. I just want to chill with my roommate, Jeremy. I don't want to leave him alone, even though he had his girlfriend with him. So I wasn't leaving him alone. And it was like, it, it's, just, it's just like, it, it gets too much. It's just like, I, ch I chose bodybuilding over everything in my life. And, and listen, like, I still love it to death. And, and I'm at a point now where it's like a love-hate relationship. And I'm more towards the hate side because of how I did it to myself. But if it wasn't for bodybuilding, I wouldn't be the man I am today. I wouldn't be going for my PhD. I'd probably still be, you know, chugging vodka and, and, and crap every single weekend. Like, that sport made me who I am. It helped me in so many ways, but at the same time, 
it made me lose myself a little in the in in the whole process. Yeah, man, I, that's um, yeah. It's when you dedicate somebody. I mean, you already you have those things instilled in you, so you're gonna be successful no matter what you do. And um, you know, we wish you the best of luck in your PhD. And um, you know. If you don't mind just telling everybody what's what's next for you on the radar um competition wise or you know schooling what, what's uh what do you have down the pipeline so uh i'm taking a, i'm taking this year off from competing doesn't mean i'm not going to be training it doesn't mean i'm not going to be sticking with my diet but i i set one thing for 2021 and i'm not a new year's resolution guy i've never have been but i set myself one goal 2021 and that's balance so this year is a year of balance i'm not going to be competing I'm, I'm going to be focusing on spending more time with my family, with my friends, with the people important to me. And yeah, that's, that's, that's my year. And, and, and like I said, I'm still going to be training. I'm still going to be doing everything right, but I'm not going to be as extreme. And listen, it's, it's a hard change. Like I'm, I'm doing better than I thought I would, but it's hard, man, because at the end of the day, as I'm doing it, I feel so guilty that I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm having the slice of pizza. I'm, I'm cheating myself. Like I'm cheating myself. I'm cheating everything that I, I worked for. But at the same time, I know it's necessary because if I, you know, God forbid, died tomorrow, there's so much stuff I didn't do. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. like, I, I remember, for example, like, uh, like my ex always wanted to travel. She was always like, Hey, like, like, let's go travel, like to, to like European, like a European country. Let's go travel here. Let's go travel there. And I'm always like, no, no, no. Why? Because I don't know if I'm going to have meals. I don't know if I have access to a gym that has all the equipment I'm looking for. Like all that she wanted to do was go on a vacation with me and I couldn't give that to her. So in reality, like it just got really bad. But um, in terms of, you know, my future with school, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up uh, my master's. I'm a first year master's student. And then my goals, I, I want to do a PhD. I, I, I don't know what school I'm going to try to be at Michigan State but also probably apply to like a Rutgers or something just so I can maybe stay a little close to home, close to the family. But Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, well, best of luck in all that. And um, you. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be seeing you around and stuff, but uh, sure. Flo, you got anything or anything else? Nope. Uh, just appreciate you coming on. Um, well, first body builder. So, uh, you know, best of luck with the balance. Um, thank you. Thank you. Wish you, wish you nothing but the best and uh, you know, good luck in school and, uh, Hope to hear from you soon. Of course, of course. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, of course. Got, off, Thank got a lot off my chest today. Yeah, there you go. That's what it's all <laughs> about. Good. Know, That's what I, it's all about. Like, I haven't talked to anyone about this. So you texted me about podcasts. So I was like, oh, I'm ready. Yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about today. <laughs> you got a PowerPoint presentation on the screen right there. Just yeah, firing like, off. Reading off the lines. Like, I probably missed a bunch of things I wanted to say, too. <laughs> I mean, hey, we're gonna hang up and be like, "Damn, I should have said that." But hey, well, maybe we can do a part two in the future. When, uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, oh yeah, also drop your social media so people can follow you and you know track your progress. You post a lot of uh, on your Instagram of you know working out and stuff, and it's a lot of really cool stuff. So drop that there. Yeah. Do you want me to just say it? Or? Yeah, just say it, and then you know we'll tag you in the bio. But yeah, just say it for everyone. Okay, I think it's Frank Rinaldi 18. It was F Rinaldi Fitness, but I changed it because I need a little break from the whole life, <laughs> right? But um, all right, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks, Thanks buddy. For coming on. Yep. All right, thank you guys.